Hello and welcome to the 22nd episode of the fourth season of the Plebs on Footy podcast. I'm your host, Roy O'Kane. As always, I'm joined by Scott Fotheringham. Hello, Banjo. It's good to be able to uh, laugh at you this week about your fantasy performance, mate. Knocked out of finals, choked it. You clearly had the best team out of everyone in the running and tanked too long and now you've, uh, you have you choked it. You missed out on finals. How are you feeling about that, Banjo? Uh, we've got a question about that. I'm not mentally prepared to talk about that yet. Give me 45 minutes when... We get a question about it, and I'll bear my heart and soul out to you. It should be noted that we were equal on points <laughs> getting into that round. Yeah, nah. Both a chance to make finals, and your loss, your way of missing was way more devastating than mine. Yeah, it was more devastating. But you were like, if you look at the quality of our teams, yours was easily the best team. But you, yeah. you, you, you tanked for too long throughout the season trying to play the long game to the point that you didn't have enough wins I, to make I finals. I played too long again. Then my, and then there's like Daylight and there's my team. And then there's Daylight and there's Alex's team. And he was the one who made it by 0.05%. He overtook me. And, and then you get, you get money for most points against. And because I scored so much against my opponent this week this is that I didn't get my it. money back. This is my opponent had the most points scored against. So, look, it was a bit of a disaster uh, this weekend for for both of us, I reckon, Banjo. Probably particularly me. Yeah, look, the only thing that made me happy was the fact that you got burnt worse than I did. Yep. Likewise, Banjo. (laughs) (laughs) Likewise. But the main thing that I cared about was uh, you not making it. So, overall, I'm somewhat happy with how fantasy's finished up. You're just vindictive, aren't you? Um, okay, I guess we don't have to ask that question later because we just answered <laughs> already it. already <laughs> talked about it. All right, well, we'll take it off the running sheet, Banjo. But on to the running sheet and on to everyone's favourite segment, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. As we say every week, Banjo, the uh, title of the segment, it comes from the movie uh, Happy Gilmore when they say Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, who gives a shit? And we give three two-and-one votes for the most meaningless games of the round. I, I reckon we've had a couple of Gold Jacket, Green Jacket-y rounds recently. Footy's just going through a little bit of a slumber building up the finals. Yeah. to I reckon the season's about six weeks too long. From a from a pure spectator's point of view, it just drags. You out reckon a it bit. might be right about at the right length if everyone just played each other once? Yes, I would think that would be exactly <laughs> right, Banjo. But you know, they don't get as much money out of that, so it's not going to happen. But anyway, on to the votes, Banjo. One vote. I think you expected this to be three. We've got. I our, did. Collingwood defeated Gold Coast by sixty-nine points. What pushed this over the edge? What got this uh, to the one-vote territory? Well, to be honest, what I think it probably was was the fact that for some reason the media have actually taken a bit of interest in this game media interest points are a part of the formula and well i mean we were watching access all areas mm-hmm. before doing our was, research it was one of the big headlines was collingwood beat gold coast quite comfortably and i've heard a lot of talk on sen about it all day everyone talking about oh collingwood have got a bit of form back by smashing gold coast i take absolutely nothing from this result for collingwood at same here same here i think they're just as cooked as i thought they were a week ago, I think you're still slightly higher than them, and that's probably maintained. Uh, I, like, I think they're gone now. I mean, mm. what? So it's May, Mason's out now, Ben's yeah. out for the season. I yeah. just like, they are so cooked now. Like, I don't think it's possible to win a premiership with the sort of injury list that they have at the moment and they face this year. I think if you look at any of the premiers of the last 10 years, no one would have anything close to that in the terms of injury. The closest they list. had was last year, Collingwood making the grand final. Yeah. And they were heaps better. Like, they, their injury list is a fair bit worse, which yes. says a lot. Yes, their injury is. list was devastating last year. Yeah. Actually, West Coast had a pretty bad one last year too, but and suspensions. I have to be honest. I did think heading into this game, I thought maybe there is just the tiniest, tiniest sniff. There were a few sniff. words around oh, that. God, like, I hadn't thought about it at all, and about half an hour before the bounce, I was like, oh, it could happen, maybe. And then Golgo started quite well. Had a couple of yeah, like good, like three of the first. Four yeah, they had a couple of good center clearances. They were finding a bit of space. They got a couple of easy goals out the back. I'm like, oh, maybe Collingwood are off the ball. But from that point on, Collingwood was just just smashed them around the footy. It was no, just so much hungry and just more powerful. It was a flex, wasn't it? This game and there's little more to it. But so let's move on. Yep, I agree with that, Banjo. Moving on, two votes. We're giving West Coast defeated Carlton by 24 points. Carlton's form really is stacking up. Like, even watching bits and pieces of this game, like, they, they do look like an entirely different team to what they looked in the first half of the year. They're moving the ball with so much more purpose. There were some times where they, like, they're winning it inside, mm. but they really are using it quite well to get it to the outside. There's a couple of really nice pieces of ball movement it's just forward. Just a lot of nails in the coffin for... Uh Oh, Brendan. Yeah, he'd be a pretty miserable bloke at the moment. Let's who's just more, who's say more that. more miserable, uh, Brad Scott or Brendan Bolton? 
Oh, uh, Bolton. Because, yeah. like, Scott, at least he has enough belief behind him that he can coach. And there are yeah, people out there who believe he can coach. Where Bolton, he would have to be questioning himself so much mm. now to sit back and be like, oh, I've been working my ass off on this team. And look at them now. Like, they just look like a completely yeah, and different outfit. there's no outfit. list changes or anything that's happened to yep. spur this on. It's all coaching and yeah. changing mindset. They're just, they're, some of the ball movement, they look like a, a coherent outfit. <laughs> like, they had real systems the way that they moved it forward. And I'm like... I've not seen this for years from Carlton. Yeah, they they'll if they continue on, they don't have a fit, well, they've got a later first round pick um, than they yes. normally would. But <laughs> yes. they if they add well in this off season, and they're one of the teams talked about going after Cornelio, like they could be mediocre next year quite easily. Yeah, I know and that Very is a much massive so. step forward for them. I, I, I suspect heading into next season, we will get quite a lot of calls from people saying Carlton will make the eight. And I like, I, I'm not necessarily saying I'll say that, but I don't think it's absurd. Like, I think no. people can say that with a bit of backing behind them because they do. It, have it, a it'd quite be a good one of those list. bold calls that'd have a bit of bandwagon support. If if they get Cornelio, there'll be a lot of yeah, bandwagon true. support behind. It'll I think be there'll a be a lot bit of like talk. talking about Brisbane this year. Where it wasn't absurd to say they'll make yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't think they're in as good a position as <laughs> yes. Brisbane were, but yeah, um, let's not get I think the, the preseason expectations might be reasonably similar. Uh, West Coast are just rolling on. They're a very good side, and yeah, they're deservedly one of the Premiership favourites. Yeah, it was like the main thing I sort of took out of the game was like, gee, I'm impressed with how Carlton are looking, but that's like that flatters West Coast. So that's what I was thinking. Yeah, because West Coast did win it quite comfortably. Yeah, and it's uh, good on Carlton for going with such a good team. Yeah, exactly right. But that's the two voter banjo. I'm happy to unveil the three votes for this week, banjo. We've been bubbling along, getting votes here and there, but it is time for us to get the big three. So. Richmond defeated Melbourne by 33 points. So to those teams, we say... Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? It's the first time you've had a real success all season, Scott. This, <laughs> this was a very gold jacket, green jacket in this game. I mean, it's, I, look, I don't know why I keep going to games. I did go on Saturday night. Yeah. A lot of it, my brother's very determined. He just keeps going, oh, we're going this week, aren't we? And I'm like, oh... <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. And it was, yeah, you just sat up there, and it just—it just felt like a nothing game for me. I just did not really draw anything out of it at all. My only real thoughts on it is I've heard a lot of hype around how good Dustin Martin was. I—I I didn't think he had a particularly good night, to be honest. The main thing I noticed of him was I thought he butchered it a lot. He had a couple of shots on goal which he sprayed, made made a lot of mistakes. I actually, my thought was Dusty's having a bit of an off night, but all the talk has been how Dustin Martin was the best player on the ground by an absolute mile, and. I don't know. It was a poorly. It was a pretty poorly skilled game. That's what yeah. It was. Well, that's g- generally a Melbourne game, isn't it? He used to that. Yes. Yes. So and it, it was is. Wet it is pretty as well, standard. Wasn't it? Uh, it was in the second half. Yeah. yeah. And the, the the first half, it was just it was just crap. There was a lot of space in the game, but both teams were still turning it over. What would you take of uh, Dimmer's comments? So he basically said that he was shocked at how low Melbourne's pressure was and how he kind of thought that that caused Richmond to overthink it and ended up kind of rushing it because they had lots of time or too much time. It's so great flex from a coach. I really like that. It's, it's pretty <laughs> it's, brutal. It's really disrespectful. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Um, yeah, well, Melbourne should play better if they don't want to get talked about like that. Yeah, well, I think like he meant... we blaming here? I think he meant it more in the sense of, I think we were a little bit more on the back foot playing quite conservatively, kind of defensively. We weren't doing the thing where we just have like millions of numbers at the contest, which we normally do too much. I think we were quite keen to sort of back off and just have a little bit of space there to put some inferred pressure on. I think that was almost like a coaching direction and that kind of shocked Richmond a little bit. It's a charitable way of looking at it, sure. Potentially, (laughs) but I think that's what he was trying to say. Look, having said that, our pressure wasn't great, but, you know, we're not a low-pressure team. That's that's not our problem. (laughs) No. So If it becomes a problem as well, God... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it could be an it absolute be disaster. Grim. But yes, that's the end of that grim game. Yeah, okay. So let's yes. move on to a slightly better segment. Uh, Kane Corn's <laughs> Call of the Week, where every week we look at a big call in the media and analyse it, pick it apart, make our comments, and then make one ourselves just so we don't get too far ahead of we've, ourselves. We've, we've got a newbie added to the, the fold of Kane Corn's this week. I don't think has Gary been on it before. Oh, I'm sure he has. Really? I Gary? reckon he would have been it. Nah, he doesn't say a lot of just, stupid shit. Yeah, just because he's a Melbourne man, don't, don't, don't. Flagellate him too much. No, that that makes me. Uh, his Melbourne 
affiliation makes me hate him more, or maybe makes me dislike him. He, he's been terrible the way he's handled Melbourne throughout okay. throughout the years. He doesn't give a shit. But okay. I think he's a very I think he's a very good commentator. So I like him in that regard. But well, what has he said this week? Uh, he's gone with uh, his best player of the competition. He's uh, nominated Elliot Yo. Yeah. So look, you know I listen to a lot of Gary Lyon. I mm. <laughs> basically SEN every morning to and from work on yes. the radio. Uh, he's been really hot on Elliot Yo the last probably two to three weeks. He just brings it up in every conversation about how he's all of a sudden decided that Elliot Yo is just an absolute superstar of the competition. Elliot Yo's had a disappointing year compared to what he was last year. He's gone backwards. It's as if Gary's just been like, oh, I just realised Elliot Yo exists. Are Obviously, a very good player. the grand final, like, oh, West Coast must be good if they won the premiership. Oh, I haven't third heard of Elliot Yo before. Looked at his stats, goes, oh, he must be good. And then but he did it halfway that. through this season is how he did it. Like, how didn't he notice him last year and towards the end of last year? As if all of a sudden he was like, oh, Elliot Yo, oh, he should be mentioned. I'm going to say he's the best player in the competition when... In terms of the way Yo's actually been playing, the narrative should be the opposite. It should be Elliot Yo is a star who hasn't quite been at his best this year. Yeah, it's, he's built some form the last couple yeah, of months. Yeah, so he's but, just started slowly. I think he's been pretty good the last few weeks, but he might be top ten. Is the way I look at it. I'd have guys like yeah, Creeps, Bond and he might Pelly, scrape in the back Dusty, end of the ten. Yeah, Danger Five, Five ahead of him quite easily off the top of my head. He's maybe the best player in his own team even. The West Coast strength is their evenness. They have a lot of very good players. They don't rely on one super-duper star. They have a lot of very, very good players. That That's what makes them tick. Yeah. And they're so good across the park. Most people would say Shuey's a, a better player. Perhaps even Gaff. I, yeah, but like, I think they're all, there's arguments for all of them. Yeah. Especially Gaff last year. Gaff was phenomenal last year. I've just... Yeah, this one bemuses me. I love Elliot Yo. He's a great player. Yeah, I'm just not sure he's the best player. I, I, in the I, I, he's a smart man, Gaz, but he, he's let us down a little bit on he's this just one. He's tried to create some controversy, doing us a favour. Uh, what's yours? My one, Banjo. I think I might have mentioned this to you in the past. I think it was off pod, just in a, in a little conversation, but it's been building for a little bit. The big deal that went down during trade period last year, Banjo, it involved uh, Jesse Hogan going to Fremantle, Stephen May going to Melbourne. There was all this big talk about, yeah. gee, who won out of that trade? Was it Frio or Melbourne? That's been the big discussion about it. Both have been a little disappointed with how things have turned out this year. We forget that there was actually a third party to that deal, <laughs> being the Gold Coast, who got pick six, which we thought was... Well, we thought they'd was suffered. It pick five or six? I think it was pick six, I think. But either way, it was a good draft pick. Get Ben King out of it. I really, really like the look of Ben mm, King. He is, he a is re- clean. Uh, he's clean and he's strong in the air. For a skinny guy, he offers a lot of presence leading up at the ball and he's quite smart he's with where really he goes. He's really well balanced for a guy that size. He's yep. 200 centimetres, which is sort of Ben Brown height. And he moves a lot smoother than Yeah, he, d- he does not seem like a gangly spud either. He's looking really good. And what did Gold Coast give up? Fat, injured Stephen May <laughs> and the biggest spud I've ever seen play for Melbourne in college, Asney. And they get this star Ben King out of it. I think and Gold honestly, Coast won that trade, Banjo. We thought they had fluffed it and should have got more. For oh, every, yeah, absolutely. I, <laughs> I think Gold Coast, look, they, there's a lot they've done wrong, but I think they nailed this one. I think they won out on that yeah, trade. Yeah, as long as they can keep him. Yes. Which is a really unfortunate part of the narrative. Yeah, no, no, they'll just bring Mitch, that was mixed, Mitch Max. or Max, Max. They'll just bring Max back to them and then they'll be cashing in yeah. double time. <laughs> Can't see that <laughs> happening, but anyway. <laughs> He's incredible. How good must Max, is it Max? Yeah, I think it is. Okay, how good must he be if <laughs> Ben King's this good mm. and his brother had done an ACL and still gets picked ahead of him? Yeah, yeah, they, they do say that Max is the better of the two. Yeah. So but I, I'm really, I'm really, dude, really liking percent. the look of Ben King. So. Uh, mine is a bit of a sore spot, a little bit niche, a <laughs> little bit uh, self-centered. Uh, Barry Cable's robbed twice this weekend, twice. Yes, Benjo, you will have to explain this one. <laughs> believe it or not, <laughs> did not get enough recognition on Friday night. Sean Burgoyne's played seven hundred, uh, sorry, three hundred and seventy-three games. Pretty Barry good. Cable, yeah, it's very good. Not take nothing <laughs> away from him, but Barry Cable's played 383 games across Waffle and VFL when those competitions were pretty much even. Why is he not acknowledged as the games record holder for Indigenous players? Because they said that he's played more AFL VFL games than Why any other player in history, VFL which is a fact. Calling? Well, no, that's not a fact. Ben Brent Harvey's played the most games. 
I said, for an indigenous player, no, didn't, didn't I? Say that. Well, I meant say to. Say, I obviously meant to say that. I they said care. for an indigenous player, he's played the most VFL AFL games. So that's factual and good on Sean yeah, Burgoyne. It's a misrepresentation. Do you have to be this? I mean, you say I'm vindictive. Do you have to be this much of a bitch about it? In that you're you're not even going to celebrate a great in Sean Burgoyne because you have to go off tangent to oh, talk about my, backing my up your North course, Melbourne players. Sean Burgoyne's grossly overrated. That's my case. Oh, what? He's made in top three in the best and fairest once in his career. So which is your actual Kane Corns this week? Uh, so the second robbery was he didn't make the top 10 of the North <laughs> Best and Fairest. Put that aside, my actual Kane Didn't he not make the top 10? No. Really? The North. No. Well, I am shocked about that. I, yeah. Most people were talking about him top five. Yeah, he was a jet and he was robbed. He was much Blight, better than Brent Harvey. Blight was six. That was wrong too. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is a surprise. But anyway, so what are you going with this yeah, robbery thing? Or Burgoyne being Morgan. overrated? Overrated. No, he's not. Mate, look at his resume. He's one yeah, but buddy. he's been nothing but a good, ordinary player. No, he's that is incorrect. He's Dustin Fletcher. The thing is, the beauty of Sean Burgoyne is they've been able to plug him into any role which they need a player to fill a role, and he has done it to perfection every time. No, he's and done he, it adequately. He lifts in the big moments, and he... He's never been a top-line player in the AFL. I feel like there is a reason why Sean Burgoyne has had as much success as he has, and I think that he is a major reason for that. He makes he's teams so much better. He's never been a top-line player in the AFL. <sighs> and he's talked about as an all-time great. You can't... That can't work. Just look at his record. That journey which he has had across AFL is not much stacks up against it. And he, he has been a star. No, oh, I don't agree. Banjo, banjo, banjo. Jeez, you're, you're the grumpy one this week, even though your team won. You're, yeah, you're let's being get to the that. Grump. North defeated Hawthorne by 22 oh. points. What a night. So, another bone to pick. I'm going to be vindictive. This time with my brother. He's going on exchange to Glasgow in two weeks. Decides to throw his going away party on the last North Melbourne home game in Victoria for the year. Uh, that's why you watched a replay Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Absolutely right. taking no consideration for his brother's uh, uh, needs and wants. And uh, so, yeah, I only watched the first quarter live, <laughs> which was <laughs> miserable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first quarter was awful. You looked like you were going to get flogged, yeah. So, Courtney, uh, my girlfriend's getting ready in the house while I'm sitting in front of the TV watching and she just hears me swearing as she's walking up and down. I'm not going out moment. anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, I was definitely going out. I wasn't staying in to watch that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, even worse, he held it at a pub that didn't have a football on or the cricket. Yeah, that yeah. is a surprise from an O'Kane, okay. yeah. Yeah, no, he, sometimes I think he's adopted. But anyway, stop um, having a personal bitch. You want to talk about the football? Yeah. What, what was so good about it, Banjo? Uh, just, it, was good to, it was a good performance to turn it around. It, like, it wasn't a great sign for going forward because you shouldn't be smashed by Hawthorne the way we were in the first quarter. Yeah, but, but to turn it around is a really Yeah, no, it is thing. a good sign that you, got, you went to the game. I think it was pretty much even odds and you yeah. got smashed out of the box and you thought, oh, gee, maybe they're not. But as the game went on, it was okay. No, North are the better team. They yeah. got jumped a little bit and they did come out on top. Um, so that, that's a, a good sign. Uh, a couple of things worked. I'm a big fan of Paul Ahern off halfback flank. We have not had mm. a good user from that region for... As long as I can remember. And he's just a very clean player. He's a really good kick. He's a good quick decision maker. So he'll hit some, He'll hit a target even if he's had to rush the kick, which I think is important coming out of the back line. And he's good in space as well. He's just a dimension that we haven't had uh, in the back line for as, yeah, as long as I can remember. It, it, can he hold up defensively is the question. It's a, ni- it's a nice thing for a... An almost good midfielder. It's, it's yeah. always a very good role for them to go into. They just find that extra maybe five or six disposals that they yeah. need to sort of on the like, sat paper. When, to be. Uh, Boyd went back at uh, half-back flank. Yeah, and, that's uh, right. Yeah. He couldn't kick to save himself as a midfielder. And then with yeah. space was just... Which that so was reliable. that's that's decision making is, yeah. is what that is uh, yeah so uh, yeah if you have a player who's pretty clean but isn't quite getting enough of the ball just put him to half yeah. back and, and he really <laughs> really needed to find some confidence because he just he almost had an Angus Brayshaw like year of just completely dropping off where he was obviously lower starting point lower. Uh, Yes, as yes, well, but yes. Like it's the same sort of. I just had very high expectations for him coming into the year, and yeah, just I know nothing. you did. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's just 
I like the move. It does good things for North, and I think it's a good sign for Reshaw's coaching. Yeah. Any anything else? You said there are a couple of good moves. Is there another one? Um, I may have exaggerated. I don't think I only had one in my. All head. right. What well, can, can I? Am I allowed to mention a couple of Hawthorne players? We barely talked about yeah, them this yeah, year. There are a couple of players who I was. Really stood out to me in watching uh, on Friday Want night. Talk some Mitch Lewis. Absolutely, that's the one at the top of the list. He looks all right. I really not. It wasn't that long ago. I was thinking this guy looks like a bit of a spud. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking he's probably just not quite good enough. But his last month or so, he, I think he'd taken the second most contest or marks inside fifty over the last month. Yeah. Okay. Into that game, he's got a little bit of the. Uh, Ben Brown's about him and that when it's the ball's in the right spot he's a big strong man yeah, and with he's long, got arms, long arms yeah. and you are not going to be able to punch the ball away from him and he's just managed to the u- the use of the ball to him has been good enough recently that he's been able to launch at that ball in that sort of impossible yeah. to spoil position and he's starting to look like a really dangerous he's player he's not too bad yeah a couple of times he's sort of out muscled Scott Thompson and did the other like there's two real ways you can take contested marks yeah yeah run over the top of people or outbody them and yep. he showed the outbody which to have both strings in his yeah. bow is a really good sign he clearly was really worrying Thompson like he yeah. was quite yeah panicky sort of against mm. him it'll be teams will start putting some work into him now which is a real sign that he's really showing something yeah the, and then he obviously struggled as the ball use just dropped off so as all forwards do he needs he needs better supply than what he's got from Hawthorne over the year but I think he's got heaps of talent if their midfield picks up again uh, the other player who just needed a quick mention, because we've been very critical towards this bloke throughout the year, but I really like Chad Wingard's game. He was really good in tight playing in the midfield. He's, I do think that's his best spot. Uh, it's see, at the moment, at least, it does seem like it. Yeah, he, well, he's not going to do anything in Hawthorne's forward line. There's no ball there. He, he's, really, he's, he's one of those players, because he's so flashy, you kind of think, oh, you want him to be the man doing the amazing, kicking a goal or whatever. Except probably the thing he's most flashy with and impressive with is he puts his head over the ball and can step around a couple of players. Yeah. Players and flick it's out a clever same. hand pass. He's a genius as, in that sort of I way. As I always do. I'm going to bring it back to another player. It's the same thing with Joe Simpkin. He's looked heaps better in the midfield. And all everything <laughs> you do in the midfield is worth more, I reckon. Yeah, but I, I, think, I think Wingard, we think of him as being a flashy X-Factor player, therefore he should kick the goals. But he's flashy X-Factor inside in the midfield. And yeah. he, he's quite a genius in the way that he can extract the ball. I do hope his body holds up because if he gets going at it, that trade will look a lot more defensible than it currently does. Yeah, yeah. Well, well so I hope it doesn't because well. we want to laugh at Hawthorne. True. But I do like Wingard. Do you like Wingard? I can't remember. Uh, I did early in his career. I think I'm a bit of the. He's a bit too much of a dick for me now. Yeah. Whereas that just raises his gut. He's, he's a dick without being good enough to be a dick. I think that's what what gets me about him. <laughs> that, you still he's hate a, Toby Green. Although, do you love him now because you got him in? Your no, no. I, I don't like Toby Green. No. But yeah, I suppose he's good enough to match his dickheadedness. Yeah. But yes, anyway, Banjo, we should move on to the next game because it's quite an interesting result. Yeah, I did not see this one coming. Port defeated Essendon by 59 points, breaking Port's five-match winning streak. They struggled all the way through it and had to come back in the fourth quarter of nearly every one of those games. But Essendon's form wasn't that bad and Port just blew them out of the water. Yeah, well, I, th- I wouldn't say I didn't. I, I thought it was very conceivable that Port Adelaide would win it. I, I looked at it as quite I an interesting game. Goals, yeah, I absolutely didn't see it by that sort of margin. That's the thing which was sort of so shocking about it. And again, for Port Adelaide fans, something which is so frustrating about it because they have been quite poor recently. But their best is... Very, yeah. very good. Yeah, I think Rewalt has nearly said their best is the best in the competition at one point of the year, and I, that's an outlandish call. But I, th- I think it was. I think it was Gary Lyon who said it that. Was. Yeah, I, but like it's not the worst call in the world. They play yeah. blistering footy when it's on, and you just got to wonder why they can't do it all the time. Uh, they would be so frustrating. I've yeah. said that over and over again, but. <laughs> God, it would annoy me if I was a Port supporter. They uh, they managed to get their forward line working again this week. So they, they brought Dixon back in, which was the big... It still wasn't really no, the key forwards that worked. No, it was yeah, the no, smalls exactly, around Exactly, yeah. It would, that, that was the big headline out of it. Dixon didn't do a lot himself. And a lot of the time, they ended up isolating Robbie Gray. Yeah, and he was the one who dominated. Todd Marshall. Rosie could have had an absolute massive game. Yeah, good Two to see him five. having a, a blinder again. Um, yeah. 
He got two from Dan Houston in an odd twist, yeah. but yeah, Durs no goals. One again, goal yeah. from Ryder, none from Dixon. Yeah, well that, but that's what's interesting about it. They bring them in, you kind of think, okay, they're going to be structuring up again, just kicking it long to Charlie Dixon. They're going yeah. back to, to that plan. But they didn't really do that. He pushed up a bit more, and there was a lot of isolating Robbie Gray, getting the small working. And um, when you move the ball as quickly as they did throughout the course of the game on a quick deck being the Marv, uh, that works really well. Yeah. Having, a, having a small forward who's good one-on-one. Is that that's very dangerous when you're moving the ball quickly yeah, enough. And Gray's strength is so underrated. His hips are just so strong. He keeps his balance so very well. hard to tackle. Uh, like he is so perfect. As soon as the ball hits the deck, and yeah, Saad went into the game with a hamstring issue and just could not match it with him. Yeah, uh, I think that was really clever coaching from Hinkley, looking at who the small defenders were and what their health status was, and just going, "That's the weakness they've got." What about Essendon? I, they are where they belong, aren't they? They yeah, are just a real sixth, bottom end of the eighth the sort of team. Tee, best team in the league, probably. Yeah, I, I think they're where they should be. Yeah. Worst comes to worst, they might finish eighth. I can't see them not making the eight. No. They're two games and two games and percentage ahead of two of the three teams chasing them. Port's got a better percentage than them, but yeah, I can't see them missing. They they've had a okay year they're kind of where a lot of people expected they've had good patches and bad patches they've been they've actually been inconsistent as well yeah very much Um, so which has been an issue with them for a while yeah but to be fair to them they've had a pretty messed up year with injuries as it's gone yeah i don't feel they've been on the level of some of the other teams no but if you look at them now they're like I, i i get that loss in a little way because of who they've got out no heppel no yeah smith Danaher, there's just a heap of them, and they're all top end players for them. But yeah, I don't. Worstfold hasn't made them any better. Worstfold hasn't made them any worse. Yeah, really. I think I think for an Essendon fan, you would have been feeling like this year we have to win a final, and at the moment I see that's kind of, that's pretty unlikely to happen. So they'd be disappointed. Maybe like it, it, it's possible, but I would say it's pretty unlikely where it sits at the moment. Yeah, but yeah, they are where they belong. Bottom end of the eight. That's that's where they sit. Yeah. But anyway, let's move on. GWS defeated Sydney by two points. Were Sydney Rob Scott? Have you seen the mark? Uh, you might have to fill me in on this one, Banjo. It was on Access All Areas, which is literally the one thing you've watched. Yeah, when was it early? When no, I was it was, in- um, oh, I don't know when it was in Access All Areas. Yes, it was. It was like the second segment, actually. It was Sam Reed went up for the mark and had his arm dragged down and spoiled after he'd taken the mark. Yeah, no, I, I, ca- I can't remember it, Banjo. Probably should have been paid a mark or a free kick. At what stage of the game was this? About 10 seconds to go. Okay. And wait, how far out was he? About 25 metres directly in front. Yeah, okay. Maybe so he likely he likely would have kicked it and yeah. then Sydney would have won it. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, GWS. <laughs> <laughs> I was really expecting you to have a response to that. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah, so GWS scraped over the line. That's just a fine result for them, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, yeah. Uh, GWS's form has been, like, thereabouts recently, I guess. Yeah. They, they they certainly haven't been dominant, but they've managed to get enough wins, sort of. Uh, and they've got a pretty cushy draw on the way home. Yeah. Hawthorne, Dogs at home, and then Gold Coast. Yeah, okay. They're so, every chance of making the top four, really. They're only a game out, and all of the top four play each other, I think. Yeah, well, they, I, I, from, from having fiddled a bit with the ladder predictor, I think it's pretty unlikely they'll be top four. If but one of Brisbane and West Coast and Richmond lose the two games they've got against each of those teams, it's really plausible because their percentage is better than all of them. Yeah, and they've, um, they've released uh, some different players into their midfield group recently. I haven't really they? Worked the out. look of uh, Williams. Yeah. He's been fantastic. And Green, we knew, was an excellent accumulator of the yeah. ball. His problem when he was younger was his disposal. But I think he's probably matured a little bit and got a bit more creative playing as a half forward. Yeah, it's, it's funny with him, isn't it? Because when he, so yeah, when he was in the midfield, he was known as being a bit of a butcher. And when, mm. we, when he went forward, he became so creative with his decision-making. And it, sometimes I feel players who go ahead of the ball and they're the player kicking it inside 50 often... Mm. 
it's those players who are damaging kicks without necessarily being uh, reliable kicks yeah. can look a lot better in that position because if they if they miss the kick by a little bit, it's not the end of the world. It's not a no, goal kicked kind of expect by the too. opposition as a result. But then if they do get it in there, you get a goal, which you wouldn't have got if it yeah. was someone else. And Toby Green kind of became that sort of player playing across half I forward. also think it kind of unlocked a little bit of his creativity with his ball move. Yeah, for he sure. He started looking for... The more interesting option, whereas I think he was a little bit plain with his decision making as a midfielder, and I think so far I don't think he's particularly lost that creativity. No, I, I agree. I think he's he, been very good. Yeah, he seems to be bringing it into his midfield game yeah. now, so he's become just sort of a more a more complete complete player. It'll be really interesting because I think both Williams and Green have every right to continue playing that role. Yeah, like permanently going forward, mm. if they keep Cornelio and they get Kelly and Ward back. What does their midfield look like? Yeah, well, I suppose the beauty of it with those players, like uh, I suspect, got other strings, I guess. Yeah, yeah I, uh, both of them, I suspect, will want to spend a bit of time in the midfield, but they can play on those other areas. Where I suppose you'd say, Cornelio and Kelly, you you want them in the midfield. That's really where they belong. I'd Kelly, s- you could at least play on a wing. Yeah, a little bit. But yeah, yeah, both of those are. And Ward as well. Yeah, out now midfielders. So. I, I do think with with footy these days, midfield depth is for me, is the most important thing from a, a list point of view. Yeah, if you have really lots of players who can... Growing up, it was always the key forwards and the key positions yeah. that mattered. I would much rather a strong midfield. Yeah, it's the team with the deepest midfields who are the best teams can, at the moment. You so can get around weak key position players, as we've seen time and again. You can't get around a yeah. midfield. So it helps having those players you spend a little bit of time running through there. It, yeah, it just fleshes the team out a little bit more. Exactly. So let's move on. Uh, our top five this week, we've decided to do a little bit of a, an honesty session and we're going to go through each other's top five uh, prediction fuck-ups from the start of the year. Yeah, we do this every year, Banjo. It gets to, towards the end of the season. We want to have a bit of a laugh at each other. And so we struggle to think fun. of other top fives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And something which can be repeated. <laughs> so, yeah. So we've gone through each other's ladder predictors and other predictions for the start of the year. And... Uh, yeah, we're going to accuse each other of being wrong. So what was my fifth worst prediction? Oh, I start, Banjo. All right. Well, a lot of this is I want to pat myself on the back a little bit. That's one of the main okay. reasons I'm bringing it up. But uh, number five, uh, you were very hot for a very long time saying Geelong are the clear runaway premiership favourites. You were. thought that they were comfortably above the rest of the competition. Right now, they are looking like they're... There's a very, very slim chance of them classic, winning a flag right classic now. Classic Scott. They are second, third tier down at the words. moment. I clearly remember saying, yes, they could drop off, but that will not change the whack fact of the way they're playing. But the whole point of making that prediction at the start of the year is you're projecting who you think will win the premiership. No, you were saying that clearly they would be the, per- the team that you would expect to win it the most. What did I say, Banjo? I said that I know they're playing great football at the moment. I see it. I recognise it myself. But I don't think it's going to last throughout the course of the season. So... Who is right, Banjo? No, you just didn't believe... That. Well, you don't know Come who's on, right. Well, look, I guess so. I guess so. But if it keeps playing out in the way it is... All I'm going to say is one team's top of the ladder and it's not the team you're accusing of being shit. No, it is the team you're accusing <laughs> yes, of being shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm hoping that it keeps playing out like this and I'll get an apology from you at the end of the year, Banjo. That was a bad call from if you. If I can promise you anything that I know will be a good prediction, it's that I will not be apologising. <laughs> I'll be demanding it. What, what was my fifth dumbest thing I've said uh, this year? Yeah, well, you had Adelaide as the third best team heading into the year. I'm going to cop to that. So and what did you have, Banjo? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we were wrong. <laughs> Adelaide are ordinary. I've, we've said this ad nauseum this year but god they're depressing they had a decent win this week which we'll get to but oh their life has been sucked out of that football club yeah we were both super hot on adelaide i know a lot of people were but we were really keen on them being big this year and uh, most of our ladder was actually when we looked back was it wasn't too bad it wasn't too bad yeah but we, we did butcher it on adelaide i'll admit that for Banjo, I've got your uh, positivity around North Melbourne heading into the season. You had them sixth, and you were you were red hot on you were going to play finals, and you sacked your coach. How many rounds into the season? Ooh, nine, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. You didn't even get to halfway through the season. You had fair, to sack your uh, coach. Our performance under Reef Shaw's been finals worthy, Scott. Banjo, did you see the way well, this season has played out? Did you see that coming, we'll Banjo? End up with- no, I did not. You were so positive oh, about your I, I off-season recruits. Said, I think I've said... That. The off-season recruits outside of Dom Dyson haven't been 
have been really good. Well, not good enough, have they, Banjo? Because no, you haven't been to that level I you expected. Said multiple times, if someone had told me that Jasper Pitter would be this good, I th- thought we'd beat a premiership contention. <laughs> I can just uh, lock down every year when we do this segment. I can have something that you said about North Melbourne at the start of the year. Oh, it's yeah, always no, I in will there. have them at least two positions higher than I should. Yep. And then our performance relative to that. <laughs> You're famous for it, Banjo. What do you have at four for me? Uh, funny this. You got Geelong wrong at the start of the year. I only had them seventh. And they're top of the ladder. Oh, no, mate. They might end up finishing seventh. They might. Well, they not, cannot not seventh. possibly finish Sixth. Seventh. They could go out in straight sets, Banjo. They could. I give that a chance. I don't know if I'm as far off it as, as you think. They just had a crazy hot start to the year. They're not that good, Banjo. They're pretty good. They're not that good. Three, Banjo. This was another one where I could uh, give myself a little bit of a pat on the back. You said Gold Coast are not terrible. I think those were your exact words. You were very positive about them. You said, right now, Gold Coast are not terrible. Uh, can I just clarify? Can you admit you, you were de- wrong you on that one? You definitely have no idea that those were my exact words. Because you <laughs> asked me while we were planning this podcast, what did you say about the Gold Coast again? And, what and I sh- replied, I think I said they weren't terrible. Okay. And were you wrong on that, Banjo? At the time, no. Oh, what do you think at the they time? They started three and one. It was a very positive start. What's the point in ever giving a prediction on anything? If you can later on down the track say, oh, but at the time I was right as it's played it out. It wasn't a prediction. Was we were just talking about the Gold Coast and I was trying to find something positive to there's, say about it. Banjo, there's a difference between saying they're not playing terribly at the moment and saying they're not terrible. Gold Coast are terrible and you were wrong on that I front. Use, and I said, I wait and see. present tense. I said, we'll get to the end of the what year and we will know they're terrible. What mean? At this moment, that's what present tense you means. You did not say. You said Gold Coast are not terrible, meaning that their their team's all right and they will be all present right. Present tense. What you present tense. Once again, I'm going to want an apology on that one. Well, I'm going to write all this down. Honestly, if you could lose a trade to a team as bad as the Gold Coast, what does that say about you? This has just been the most bickering <laughs> segment I've ever. Uh, uh, third for you, and again, this was me as well. Uh, Brisbane, well done. We got them wrong. They're really good. So are you going to point out anything that I got wrong that wasn't just you got it wrong as well? Or have I just been perfect this year? Like- so, no, I'm just not making up bullshit uh, versions of things I got wrong and putting words in your mouth. Some of us take uh, media integrity seriously, but some <laughs> of us don't like fake news. Pathetic, Banjo. Try to do something which only I got wrong, Banjo. <laughs> anyway, my two, you You're said Melbourne would... about Brisbane being... <laughs> no, we'll talk about them later. Melbourne, my one is uh, you said that Melbourne were going to be the top four. You're an idiot, Banjo. <laughs> how could you, how so could you possibly have said that? They're second last, Banjo. That was my second worst. Yes. I hate yeah. to see what my worst was. Um, <laughs> you said this, That was four. a shocking call. I will admit Melbourne that. Melbourne suck, mate. I will mate. fully admit that. That, <laughs> I, that was one of the dumbest things I've ever thought. Yeah, um, I know. I can't do anything but apologise to the listeners that we do have uh, <laughs> for leading them astray. I know our opinions are valued and thinking Melbourne were good. Oh, Makes me want to jump off a cliff thinking about it. Oh, I know. You're an idiot. You're yeah, an idiot, Banjo. Um, That's what I got out of this. <laughs> for you, uh, you had Collingwood second. Um, yeah. Ordinary. What are they at the moment? Sixth. Oh, f- are they sixth? I thought they might yeah. be fifth. Oh, they're not that far off it. They might have they're a good answer here. Yeah, well, I mean, I honestly, injuries. Could I couldn't not see. How could you not foresee them having 26 fit players? Heading exactly, Banjo. Like, exactly. The fact that you couldn't see. Their history of... Um, Injury mismanagement should have told you that this was coming. <laughs> Mate, I think I'm coming out quite well out of this segment. At the moment, it's just been little stuff which we both got wrong. That Honestly, was... you look at the ladder predictors, I think they were nearly the exact same thing. <laughs> well, at least I pointed out some things which and you I'm got really, wrong. And I'm really excited for this one because now I know what it is. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, mate, this one's quite a few together. It's basically Rory talking about the Western Bulldogs, and that means you are completely wrong. Let's just say what it all was together, Banjo. You said the Western Bulldogs will win the spoon. I did not. You did. You said Aaron Norton could not play forward. I did you not. You said Caleb Daniel could not play back, and I you said that not. Luke Beveridge would be sacked, Banjo. We've had three coaches sacked. We have about another three under pressure. Beveridge is not, not in any trouble at all. He resigned for three years, yeah. yeah. Not one of those things is... Exactly what I said. Oh, oh yes, it was, Banjo. <laughs> oh, stop trying to twist it now. <laughs> I'm the one twisting it. Always twisting it. So I words. said Western Bulldogs could win the wooden spoon. Yeah, but and the tone of the way you said it <laughs> suggested you said you thought they would. Let's review where we both had them on the ladder predict on our ladder predictions. I had them third last. Yes, I know that was a bit low. I'll cop that. I'll cop that. You had them fourth last. <laughs> well, it's be- better than you, Banjo. Yeah, you said they get the spoon anyway. Norton. 
Non, I said he should be playing as a key defender because he's better at it and it's a waste to use him as a key forward. Next one. <laughs> Caleb Daniel, right? Yeah, I said he can't defend, not play as a defender. Now, you said that the experiment putting him back would be a disaster is what you said. I maintain and that And he has been good. great there. He's not been great. Yes, he has. Oh, Banjo. What's the last one? Bevo will be sacked. Come on. I said, <laughs> Come I on. said should be. Do you and still I think he should be he sacked? He hasn't played oh. Billy Gowers in two months, Scott. I want, I want a written apology of where, all the things you got wrong. Where is Billy Gowers? That's all. That's my final case. Okay, I agree with that. I yeah. agree with that small part. Uh, your dumbest <laughs> call. Uh, yeah, you also had Melbourne fourth, funnily enough. <sighs> that was embarrassing, yeah, wasn't all it? all right, all right. Let's now, move Can on. we reflect on that? No, let's not reflect on that. So where did you come last year? Fifth on the ladder, then you won two finals. Yeah, we fourth? finished fourth, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now where are you? 17th. Mm. Quite comfortably 17th. Mm. Yeah, we're pretty bad, Banjo. I'm not going to deny that at any point. What teams are you worse then? Carlton? Are we worse than? Yeah, do you think you were? Yeah, Carlton. That's pretty oh, embarrassing. Yeah, based on this year, yes, we are worse than Carlton, yeah. And Sydney. Oof. We're better than Gold Coast, though. And you said they weren't terrible, so. <laughs> anyway, let's finish that yeah, Pickering. You know what? I will apologise for saying the Gold Coast aren't terrible because I've got ice. You are terrible and both can't be true. So, <laughs> and I'd rather take calling you terrible. Yeah, we are terrible. I'm not, I'm not denying it, Banjo. I'm not denying it. Uh, so let's move on. Freo defeated Geelong by 34 points in quite an upset. Yeah, finally a bit of joy coming back into my life, oh, yeah, Banjo. True. Fremantle uh, doing well. My God, they were hard at it, Freo. Yeah, it's not a sustainable amount of energy, but when they play like that, it's hard to beat them. Like, that's a, that was a phenomenal performance. They just smashed along. You know what's really... Let's talk a little bit about Ross Lyon. You know what's really coming to the fore with the media and with people, and even people within the club talking about Ross Lyon? There's becoming that very clear divide, which we've probably known always exists, between the players who were the chosen few of Ross Lyon, oh, who yeah. he loved and gave everything to, tried to make them absolute stars, and the players who he completely neglected, gave them roles, didn't allow them to be the players that they could be. I mean, we have the the Kirsten stuff coming out this week, which is a shocking look for Ross. Ooh, yeah. That there was a big enough split between him and a player that, that the he player walks just, out on the club. That is like, have we ever seen that before? When it's been as clear that I it is the coach's don't fault. I think so. And oh, the way he handled Harley Bennell as well, and told the media that he'd been delisted without yep. telling Harley. Like, there's enough bad stories about. The, the way Ross behaves. But then you have Fife talk about him and he speaks yep. glowingly. Yeah, the, all the... So this game, was it, it was it was a game in which it seemed like Freo were just playing with their heart mm. and soul. They'd been, their coach had been under pressure and they were so determined to win. They played that way and then all the interviews after the game with Fife and Brad Hill and like Walters and all these stars are all just talking so much about how much they love Ross Lyon. Exactly the same thing happening in the media. Who, who are the people who talk in the media? It was the stars of the past being Dal Santo, Revolt... Lee yeah. Montagna, and they all speak glowingly about Ross Lyon. It's just because the, the people who weren't good enough because Ross didn't allow didn't them to the be, they, yeah, didn't get a job in the media, so we never hear about any of that. So, I mean, it is interesting that it did seem like this was a game of them playing out of their skins for their coach, but what happened the month before that? Probably a lot of players were also yeah, not and happy the pitch with him. Were, pitchforks were also out a little bit for Ross. There'd been a few murmurings from the West Australian media that he was under a bit of pressure, but... Wins like that, when their injury list is the way it is, is a fantastic, fantastic sell for all that sort of talk. Geelong, though, they'd want to turn it around quickly. Got to hope it's heavy training loads. Yeah, that that is the, probably the one thing that could explain this in a in a sensible way. It, it's starting to. But when was the, their buy? Because they haven't been good since the. Yeah, buy. this form slump is starting to drag out. It's dragged out probably one or two weeks longer than what you can just put so to. They, ah, they're a bit flat. It started flat. in round 14. It's now round 20 gone. Yeah. So, and a so couple they of... lost to Port, the Dogs, didn't they? No, that was Port lost to the Dogs. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, there was this thing of, oh, look, they're top of the ladder. They have this percentage. They can relax for a little bit. They can have a bit of a form slump, providing they come out of it. I think people were expecting it to be a couple more weeks at worst, but it's been it's been about six weeks that their form yeah, slump has been, been this bad. Win loss, win loss since the bye. It, it's starting to feel pretty real to me. It staggers me because it's 
they've completely changed the way they've played. Like, and maybe some of the way they were playing was looked better because it was coming off and not they've changed their game plan. But they're not moving the ball with anywhere near as much purpose and their yeah. inside 50 work has dropped off a cliff. And yeah, that was probably at an unsustainable level. But nah, That's what I said, Banjo. Yeah, it's, not, it's how you said it, Scott. It's how you said it. Um, it's no, the tone. <laughs> it's, uh, it's really slow ball movement at the moment is what it is. It's, it, it's really, really slow. And then opposition are, are clogging up the defense. Yeah, I don't really get why they're doing, why they're playing the way they are playing. They have plenty of midfielders that can drive the ball and be a bit more damaging with it. Mitch Duncan, Tim Kelly, Dangerfield, they're all... They're all good players that you want moving the ball quickly. Uh, even Ablett on the half-forward flank, there's heaps of that. And it's just not working for them. They have to s- switch it up pretty radically. Yeah, this, they, they got utterly smashed out of the middle this week. And all the stuff's rearing its ugly head again about talking about how their their rucks is such a massive problem, which has been the case for, for many, many years. But like they they weren't they, they were good in the midfield side of the year. They weren't dominant out of the middle, though. They no, were just so clean what... in how they were transitioning and... Finishing everything yeah, off. They were just doing well enough in the midfield and everything else was clicking, so it didn't yeah. matter. Yeah, which now I feel it's not so much the midfield that's dropped off. That's been at a, maybe a slightly lesser level. Well, but Kelly's dropped off a lot. Yeah, yeah. But but I, I don't think that's the main thing that's killed them. It's been the stuff which they were at such an incredibly high level yeah. in their ability to A, defend and B, to finish off all of their work inside 50. That's the stuff which has fallen off a cliff and that... Therefore, the weaknesses in the midfield become a lot more glaring. Yeah, that's probably a fair way of putting it. And they just need more and cleaner supply for their forward line. Tom Hawkins looked unstoppable when they had the ball moving forward quickly. But he can't really do it all when... He's not a massive pack mark that can really work that well on the slow ball. He needs a little bit of separation and a little bit of better ball use. And, and that, that was the beauty of the start of the year was they'd stopped mm. relying on Tom Hawkins. Yeah. <laughs> now again, we're back to talking about, oh, they, and he can't yeah, like do everything. Radigalia is just, honestly, he's probably a younger Mason Cox at this stage of his career. He doesn't really do much other than take a... Yeah, there is a bit of that. He, he, he looks really good and athletic and he's a good story and all of that. But yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't contribute consistently. No, Quite often he he'll get ju- five disposals. Yeah, and, and he just yeah. takes the big overhead mark. He's got to... He's got to have a more well-rounded game going forward. Yeah. And they really need more out of him. Yeah, their rucks are... There's problems aplenty at Geelong. Yeah. Um, can I just quickly say, are you excited for Melbourne to get Langdon and Brad Hill? Both can of you them? afford just both? To, oh, God, I hope so. <laughs> no, apparently we're strongly considering whether we have salary cap room for Hill. So probably not. It sounds like we'll get Langdon. Yeah, that sounded pretty Langdon, good. And he is a good player. From what I've heard, it's Hill or Langdon, isn't it? Probably, And you yeah. need more money to get Hill. Yeah. And that's what you're considering. I'd probably yes, but you know, let's just get rid of some spot. Yeah, although Langdon's <laughs> not that skilled; he's just sort of adequate. That's not his strength. His skill. Yeah, he's um he's quite quick. Yeah, um, and he does get a bit of outside ball, he so he's thought of, of as being like a, a a winger. But yeah, he's not super clean. He's, he's not, not a great anywhere kick. near as dynamic as Hill. <laughs> yeah, Hill is a star. I absolutely love Hill. If you got Hill, I'd be quite annoyed. That'd Langdon, be, yeah. I'd be a bit more. Uh, it's a good get. Yeah, not, yeah. Not, not devastating yeah, to me. Yeah, a cheap good get, though. Yeah. So I'd but be yeah, I did cost you... A, uh, your second round pick will be really early, so it might not even cost you... But it'll, you'll, it'll be weird. Your oh, trade no, no. Who knows, Banjo? We'll get to that in about a month or two months when trade period really rolls around. Hmm. Just starting to build up the trade talk, but no, it's not really relevant for this part of the podcast. No, no Banjo, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, Adelaide defeats <laughs> St Kilda by 22 points. Let's get back on track. Yeah. Uh, Big win for Adelaide. They really needed it. They they did really need it. They, it was a win that they should have got, and St Kilda did push them for most of the game, so they did need to earn yeah. the win. Probably another one of those things where, for once, you just want to see Adelaide play a team you think they should beat and to really, really beat yeah. them. I mean, I suppose they did it against Gold Coast. They flogged them, but... No, that's not the same thing because Gold Coast are terrible, as you maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, I would have thought that there's a lot of pressure on both Adelaide teams at the moment. Obviously, Port Adelaide had a very good week, so we'll forget about yeah. them. For Adelaide, I, I really wanted to see a really, really good performance from them where you could just be, okay, yeah, no, they are a really good team when they're playing their best. This wasn't that. This was a real arm wrestle in which they were the better team in the end. Yeah, but and they, probably they fought it out well. Uh, like, I think some credit has to go to Adelaide. I'm, 
doesn't really make give me any more insight into St. Where St. Kilda at under Ratten. I can't tell if this is a sort of in the bag in the same basket as T, uh, Carlton's game against West Coast with Teague, and now it's oh they played a pretty good team and stuck by them. That's a good yeah, performance. Yeah. But Carl, uh, St. Kilda are coming from a slightly higher base. The team they played was significantly worse. And it was about the same result. This probably doesn't really change much for me with that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. You'd say you'd stay pretty much the same on what yeah. you're thinking about St Kilda. We need a bit of time to be able to judge to judge Ratten, but this definitely wasn't a negative performance for them. By no, anyways. it was just sort of fine. And we'll wait and see how they go. They they should get Stephen back reasonably soon. I would have thought. Yeah. Uh, Hanabry as well. Once he gets over his gastro, might be back. So <laughs> yeah. we, we will see what they I look like. I wouldn't bank on it. <laughs> yeah, we will see what they look like. Um, with more of a full midfield, because at the moment it's Jack Steele is about the only one of their first choice midfielders that's really playing. Yeah, yeah, um, and a few of the maligned Adelaide players sort of got going a little bit. Gibbs had a good day, twenty nine touches, four goals for Tex, three for Eddie Betts. So for you, that's just wasted. Yep, yep, exactly right. I was pretty chuffed with that. Made my midfield look a lot stronger. <laughs> but uh, yeah, good to see Tex getting involved. I do like seeing Tex succeed because he's such a good player to watch when he's playing yeah, well. Yeah, that's so. the thing. I really like and hope he plays well, but I do very much doubt his actual impact. Yeah. So you, it's kind been, of I'm in two camps with him. Like I really enjoy watching him when he's up and about. But yeah, you've been pretty negative on him. But look, that was a bit of a gold jacket, green jackety game. It has to be yes, said. So not too much to so elaborate on. on. Brisbane defeated Western Bulldogs by 18 points. Good win from Brisbane. Pretty good performance from Dogs. Sort of Bob each way with this one. Yeah, I look. I my major thought out of this, I really, really rate this win from Brisbane. Yeah. Really, I mean, I've just been, I'm just, wa- I've just been waiting for yeah, so you've long. Been really for that down. doubting and, them and well, thinking it's gonna happen, and it just keeps being put off away. Exactly, I, I feel like it has to at some point. But my God, it's impressive the amount of wins they've been able to string together now. And the Dogs are a really, really dangerous team at the moment. And I, I looked at this. Uh, look, I obviously I tipped Brisbane, but I wasn't super confident on it. I thought if, if the Dogs make this a bit of a scrap, it could be really tough for Brisbane if they're just one or two percent off. But they weren't. The Dogs played quite well. Brisbane got a, an early lead on them and just held them off yeah, for the whole game. Yeah, and they game. did it's, have. Uh, Zorko go down so they faced some adversity and were still able to yeah it's about their first injury of the entire year it has to be said (laughs) the team that should never be able to complain about injuries at the moment is every time you look at their injury list there's like two injuries it's staggering (laughs) and anytime anyone gets added to it it's like a week long injury (laughs) yeah Uh, but for the dogs Damien Barrett said it was a wasted season from falling yeah. on the back of that. I think that's harsh. This yeah, from someone who thought that it was going to be a the wooden spoon season. Yeah, it's been a great result for them. They've played <laughs> above themselves. Um, no, they're like this is a fine performance from the Dogs. It's not a, it's not anything to be ashamed about losing to a team that's second on the ladder away from home. I just really don't get where he's coming oh, from. And, and, and the season as a whole, really, I just. We're so we so much we buy into this thing of they won a premiership two years ago like that's where the narrative comes from of they have to be good for that reason going three forward. years ago now they they have an incredibly young list I mean we talked about it last week their, their midfield group they have a lot of young very very good players but they they are really inexperienced so like. Although they did win a premiership a couple of years ago, they've lost a lot of their experienced players. And from where they were at, I think this is quite a good year for them, to be honest with you. Yeah, you'd want I'd, I'd give more it a progression next year to make this whole reset after the flag not seem like a waste of time. But yeah, it's quite clearly been a process. It would have been very frustrating as a dog supporter to go through. And it has been quite underwhelming. But it does seem like a sustainable way to move forward for that club if he does the same if beverage does the same thing again and gets super experimental for the second group you're of always worried about that yes yeah it's just that's his bad habit isn't it he can sometimes yes get a bit too creative. yes 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 i i do know what he's saying and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't yeah and i think with this group he needs to give them give them a bit of time give them some faith and actually stick through them going forward i get why he didn't do it with the premiership team because that was a very t- two-tiered age group in a lot of ways. It had a few very old, experienced players that did a lot of the heavy lifting, especially from a leadership standpoint. And once that went away, it might have been pretty hard for them to properly contend again, so they sort of rushed that. But when by the time this team is ready to contend again, it'll be a lot more 
of a sustainable model. It should be a two or three. Yeah, year run. yeah. So you'd, you'd think, yeah. You'd hope he actually gives it the time to do that. Yeah, and I just, I mean, I look through it and I, I think they have found a bit this year. I mean, Dunkley's obviously gone to a whole new level now that yeah, he's, he's playing consistent midfield. Bonds is now the, the superstar, which we, like, he's always been a very, very good player, but we've been waiting for him to be a superstar. He's really done that this year. Yeah, okay, he uh, might be the best player in the competition. Like, he is absolutely in that conversation. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. He's finally sort of gone to that level. Bailey Smith has shown a fair bit this year. Obviously, Caleb Daniel's been really good back. Aaron Norton's been great forward, <laughs> as you know, Banjo. But, uh, like, there is a fair bit that they've sort of found there. And I, as a dog supporter, I'd be mm. feeling fairly positive about things yeah, right now. As long as soon as they get a ruckman, they'll be fine. But anyway. Speaking about the doggies, Banjo, it's time for another jam-packed edition of Billy Gower's Watch. Billy, Billy, Billy. Billy, 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 Billy Gowers. Did he do something this week or am I going to have to read tweets again? No, no, Banjo, we have a positive Billy Gowers watch this week. I've looked at the uh, the review coming out or the match report coming out of the VFL, Banjo. Named in the best players. Ooh, that's Billy our boy. Gowers. I read out the quote off the uh, the report. Billy Gowers was impressive with 17 disposals, 8 marks, 5 tackles and 2 goals. That does sound like quite a good game. Sounds to me like a perfect Billy Gowers game, if you ask me, and Banjo. that loss, I think he should come back in the team. Oh, absolutely he should, Banjo. I mean, they could drop half their team to bring Billy back in, couldn't they? I mean, yeah. I know I was just being quite positive about them, but I mean, if we look through it, who are they going to... Going to drop for Billy Gowers. Uh, Richards, he's no good. Bailey Dale only had 10 touches. I know he's been kicking goals, but he's no good. Tory Dixon, yeah, he's no good. Drop him. Tim English, (laughs) like for like, you know. Norton, Caleb Daniel. Billy Gowers played a bit of ruck last year. Just drop English and bring him in. Uh, Uh, Quick shout out after we move on. Sam Lloyd, he's been really good. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) One quick shout out. Uh, We got a question last week. Why hasn't Noah Answorth got the Rising Star? Yet and why was he robbed again? Oh, he finally got it. Oh, so, uh, did he get it? Congratulations to Dan Crowley for finally having something. Some, or losing the only thing he's got to whinge about. Someone must have uh, listened to the pod. That's all I can say yeah, about it. We've been big on the Noah Answorth bandwagon, so I'm glad our influence got him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his name's Noah. Yeah, interesting. That, that's good analysis. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to Boots. When was he mailbag. born in the 1600s? Noah. Well, one Noah's a biblical name, so <laughs> there would have been a better reference to be like yeah. BC or something. Yes. Yeah, that's probably what I meant to say, to be honest. I'm just saying it's a bit old, is, is my point, Banjo. <laughs> okay, Poochie's mailbag. Uh, this one is from Dan as well. Uh, is Alan <laughs> it's Christian... always from Dan, and it's always Brisbane-related. Yes, he's... Um, <laughs> Doesn't really have many different notes, does he? <laughs> is Alan Christensen one of the most underrated stories of the year? He's overcome a lot of injuries and off-field issues to play regular and consistent footy. No, it's to say he's one of the most underrated stories of the year, I reckon, is a little bit extreme. Good on him. He's playing some really good footy at the moment. He's an important player for them. But, like, Alan Christensen is a very talented player. He was very good for his first few years and pretty much has been in the wilderness for a little while, basically since he went to Brisbane. Is and that not a good story? Well, coming back? No, I, I mean, yes and no, but I would say that he's a player who should have been playing to this level throughout the course of his career, and I know there are some reasons for that, but form-wise, he's been quite disappointing as well for quite a few years, so good on him for coming back. Yes, it's a good story, but there are better stories going around, Dan. I, don't be too positive about Brisbane. He just sends in a Brisbane question about another player every week and asks us to hype him up, so no, not, he's a good story, but not one of the most underrated stories of the year, I wouldn't say. Banjo, keeping the Brisbane train rolling. Yeah, this one's not from Dan, though, so credit to him. Isn't this a boring question? Is Brisbane a real contender, Banjo? What have we got following up? If they get an away qualifying final, do they have the experience to overcome the travel? Look, I think they are a real contender. I doubt they'd win an away qualifying final because they are unbelievably hard to do. I'm not entirely sure that's due to the lack of experience, though. Like, if they played West Coast away... They could have two more finals campaigns under their belt, and I'm not sure I'd pick them. Like, I, I don't think experience would be the reason they'd lose to a team like that. Uh, riddle me this, Banjo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Geelong, Brisbane at the MCG first final. Who are you tipping? Ooh. This week? Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's, that's the basis yeah. we have for at the moment, yeah. 
I'd be tempted with Brisbane. <laughs> I think I'd be tipping Brisbane yeah. for that. Yeah, their form is is much better I at the that moment. Says so more that about where we were thinking Geelong are at this point than Brisbane, true, though. but it does show that they're a chance to win a first final and then get a home prelim. Yeah, and that's that's pretty exciting to think about. God, that'd be nuts. The, the one thing that gets me excited <laughs> in, in football at the moment. Uh, yeah, this one's for you. Uh, why is North being so heavily critiqued for hiring Reece Shaw? Why are clubs so reluctant to promote their own assistants to be head coach? Well, I mean, I wouldn't... Firstly, just in how the question has been phrased. Like, they haven't been critiqued for picking Reece Shaw, That's per fair. se. They've been pr- critiqued for not going through the process of one looking of at all of the assistants out there. One about it is no one saying Reece Shaw wasn't the right choice. I haven't heard that said no, once. No. Everyone's pretty positive about the choice we made. So well, then, what the fuck does it matter? I, I guess from the outside, no one really knows who the best option is. But the reason it matters, Banjo, is unless you go through the process, you, you don't know. You don't know what else is out there. And I, I, so I, I'm very pleased to see Daisy Pierce is heading back into uh, media work recently after a yes. giving birth. After and I, some well-deserved time off. Yes, I heard her speaking on SEN uh, during the week and... So she was involved in the AFLW Melbourne coach recruiting process. And she said she had a thing of pretty much every coach that came in. She was like, he's the guy. He's the guy. Everything he said is right. He's the one mm. for us. And then the next person would come in and she'd think the exact same thing about him. And then they'd like, on like numerous occasions throughout the process, she thought this is the guy. And then it was only when Mick Stinnier, we actually do have as our coach, came in, came in and she was like, no, actually, he's the guy. Yeah. So the idea is, although, yes, Reshaw is doing a very very good job at the moment and probably is a really good coach you don't know until you go through the process and it, it can't hurt so providing Reshaw's involved in the process a process that hasn't got you finals no i'm just saying you go through the process to see the opportunities which which are out there and you might there have some is other more, there is risk associated with going through the process though Going through the process only tells you so much with Reshaw we have a much wider array of knowledge for what he can do and how he's going to coach and yeah but you still have assistant. that even if he goes through the process at the end of the year along with all of the other assistants and he probably has his head in front he's probably in front now because of what he's done but you still wait to give someone else if a you're chance satisfied that he is an afl level coach but is he the best coach available i, I would be staggered if someone if there was a better maybe coach on the market. but does it hurt to, to to try and see if there's someone else out there well you may the as comments well. coming out of the clubs and player agents especially that have been interviewed it's better for how you can present going forward and present to recruitment and stuff like that to have a guaranteed plan yeah you, you ironclad yeah. yeah that's the positive about it is you can plan for the future from now knowing yeah. he is the head coach that is the advantage about it but i mean i don't think it would hurt in four weeks time to go through the process and to look through and then maybe pickery sure at the end of it and he might end up being a great coach i don't know but i get the argument i'm very hopeful scott i'm very hopeful but yeah and the second part of the assistance thing is that historically it's not very interesting. It works about as often as a normal head coaching hire, to be fair. Bruzy was a caretaker coach. He was wasn't a caretaker he? coach. Yeah. And then, like, Matthew Primus was another one. So it can go either way. It doesn't. But so can every coaching appointment. Like, I think it's overrated how. Overrated, two types of coaches that are overrated. <laughs> Experienced coaches that you bring into the club very rarely works. Think of the last time an experienced coach at a second club won a flag. It's Matthews and Malthouse in this century. Yeah. It doesn't happen very often. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, assistant coaches, well, assistant coaches, well, every coach is overrated, let's be honest, because it rarely works no matter who you get. (laughs) What are you talking about? I'm on a rant. You're really struggling here, man. All I'm saying, Reshaw's fine. Like, caretaker coach works about <laughs> as often fine. as everyone else. Good to see you being so positive, Banjo. I don't care. Uh, do I bother asking you another question? Is your head working? Yeah, do it. Banjo, what do the plebs think of Eddie Maguire's umpire proposal? Look, honestly, the uniform idea is stupid. The rest of it's fine. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> there's not much to it. Like, more umpires. I, think, I guess it could lead to it being over-umpired. Like... More, I sometimes hate it when an umpire from 50 metres away calls a free kick and sometimes it can be a bit dubious and I think you'd get more of that. But yeah, the fitness thing is a valid point. 
they wouldn't have to run as much and that's yeah. probably good and could lead to better decision making bit of a gold jacket green jacket discussion yeah. i reckon we don't have enough umpires for it to work so yeah it's all moot really and one last for you who's the best wet weather football side in the comp Ah, uh, Poochie, I, I, I'd have to say I think it is Richmond. Richmond Saw right through him. Richmond, we knew what you were doing. Richmond play wet weather footy in the dry is the thing. Their, their game is just Actually set up for wet weather footy. Historically impressive that they got it to work, <laughs> playing wet weather football in the yeah, dry. Yeah, well, that is what they do. They just, yeah, force the ball forward at all costs. Is they play a real territory game, and um, they're really hard at it, and they're really good in the wet, and they smash Melbourne this week. Banjo, final question. Off the Facebook page, battle mm-hmm. situations with unexpected handicaps. Banjo, Optimus Prime, but he's stuck in truck form versus the team from Fast and Furious 6, but they all speak a different language and struggle to communicate with one another. Are we talking like a death battle? What's the type of battle here? Just a battle. Just a battle, Banjo, what it is every week. Well, what, what other battles should you think it would be? Playing game of golf know. or well, something? With this, it could be a race. I don't know. It's not a race. It's a battle. Okay. It's combat. So it's like Mad Max. Have you seen Mad Max? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I would have the battles on the cars. Yes. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you have an answer? <laughs> do we know what are they driving? What are the Fast and Furious people driving? Just I don't normal know. cars. Uh, it's always a Mustang or something. Uh, I think I'm gonna back the truck. Size wins. Yeah, but will they just jump into the truck and just drive it away? Are they allowed to do that? Or just? I he, think he's stuck in truck form. Yeah, but I think if they got in the truck... He would override it with his... Yeah, like you can't... Like the steering wheel's for show. Okay, but then would they be smart enough to know how to damage a truck because they know cars? I'm smart enough to know how to damage a truck. (laughs) Drive a car into it. But would they know some some trick to it, Banjo, (laughs) based on their knowledge of cars? Like they could... But I don't know. <laughs> How are they going to make a plan? They can't communicate with each other. Well, yes, that's that's the it's down part about it. Yes, actors. I'm back in the truck. Size matters. Uh, no, I reckon. Then sometimes it could be a bit of a, a Goliath thing. Also, it could be a bit remember, smarter about it. Optimus Prime is made out of super dense, strong metals. Not yeah, that's true. Truck metals. That's true. He's a super truck. Yes, yes, he is a very large truck. But I think I think you just find a little weakness honestly, there. I think even in truck form, he might have missiles and shit. Look, the answer is Banjo. I don't really care. Let's just watch some cricket. I think that's yeah, okay. the real answer Dark to the question. Edbeth and day five. Looking forward to it. One for 41 at the moment. Yeah, for the non-live updates to you. <laughs> <Our listeners. laughs> From very delayed updates. Well, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.